Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Catch Podcast. Um, I'm back. Um, me, Olivia Duffy, uh, along with my coworker Yamina. Hi guys. Um, so, for a refresher, if you came back from a long hiatus or if this is your first episode with us, um, hello. Um, we are called the Catch Podcast. We, me, and my coworker, we both work as health educators for the CATCH program for Argus Community, which is the Community Action to Combat HIV and Hepatitis C. So what we do as health educators is that we do confidential and group sessions on sexual health. Uh, we test for HIV and Hepatitis C, as well as give resources for um, mental health, uh, any type of sexual health STI clinics, any type of resource you need uh, pertain to those details and many more um, through uh, this time during a pandemic, we have been hosting this podcast um, to get more information out there. And also we are still doing remote testing for HIV. Uh, if you are someone who has been with us from the beginning, we always preach about how important it is to get tested. Um, so even regardless of the pandemic, it's so important to get tested to know, you know, your diagnosis or whatever you might have. Uh, so you can get the proper resources and you can get the proper medication to help yourself. Um, and that, you know, goes into a lot what we talk about with COVID, which is um, basically what everyone's been talking about this whole entire time for the past six months. Um, and it's basically taking the world by storm. So, you know, uh, definitely get tested for that. If you think you've been exposed for that, um, if you've ever been exposed to any type of type of illnesses or viruses shows get tested. So if you believe you've been exposed to HIV, please reach out to us and we will offer you a free at home test where you could also fill out a survey. Um, and in the next five weeks or so, you will get a $30 gift card. So very exciting stuff. Um, so for today, we're gonna be talking about um, health literacy and COVID-19. Um, they similarly very much go hand in hand because since the popularity and every media outlet and everyone you talk about talks about COVID-19, um, there seems to be a lot of words and phrases that kind of trip a lot of people up um, from medical terms and misinformation about COVID that kind of gets spread very quickly. So to the point where a lot of people just say what they think COVID is when it, that's not necessarily any accurate information. Um, and so it's really important for us to talk about health literacy because it goes much more beyond COVID, but it's just been very prevalent in this time. So um, basically when people ask like, what, what the hell is health literacy, it's basically just a degree in which individuals have the capacity to obtain, process, or understand any basic health information and services. And Yamina can go more into that. So the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services defines literacy as a degree to which individuals have the, cap the capacity to obtain, process, and understand basic health information needed to make appropriate health decisions. There are four tiers, four basic tiers to health literacy. And just the understanding of health literacy and how individuals could utilize this information 
when reading health literacy materials. Health literacy is used uh, as a wide range of skills that improve the ability of people to act on information in order to live healthier lives. These skills include reading, writing, listening, speaking, numeracy, and critical analysis, as well as communication and interaction skills. Um, we bring this up in regards to how, as, as Olivia stated, like misinformation in regards to COVID-19, misinformation in regards to the rates of um, individuals who have died due to COVID-19, and kind of the, the clout of lie in regards to COVID-19 not being real and mm -hmm. how it's not affecting certain individuals but are affecting some right like um just saying that there's so many demographics obviously that will be hit kind of harder with COVID-19 um but that doesn't necessarily mean that just those specific demographics will get it I think that's a lot of another misconception and also mm -hmm. um you know, like you mentioned about reading and writing about health literacy and, you know, computer literacy as well is a big thing. Yes. And, you know, mm -hmm. information, how to read a brochure, um, access to health services is also an important thing because, but let's just think about that. That seems very basic. They're like, everyone should have those, but most people don't. Um, and so that's what makes, you know, health literacy, a very important thing because a lot of people are going to the doctor or, you know, they're getting these brochures or, you know, reading things on COVID that, and they're just words or phrases or terms that they just completely don't understand. So they're not fully getting the information that they need, uh, nor is a healthcare provider really offering them the most basic like definitions or the most basic phrases for them to understand. They're just throwing words like, SARS-CoV-2 and True. people are like yeah. what is that what is that you know yeah. <laughs> like, that's what causes COVID-19 and people are like well that what does that even mean like you know so it's just important things that like that that we kind of have to kind of break it down for people yeah. and then again like from what we've seen a lot of media outlets and um basically media outlets articles and type of news channel they kind of run with uh one thing, but they don't necessarily fully describe it. So it gets, brings off a lot of misinformation. And also just in general, news media outlets, the people writing the articles, the people who are, you know, broadcasting on the news, they don't understand it as well. So they're just getting a definition of it that they think what it is, and then they're spreading out the information. So it's important for you, like when we say to do your own research, you have to really do it for proper proper websites or articles however at the same time those same articles will use uh, difficult terms to terms. understand a difficult yeah. language so it is it's definitely kind of especially with covid definitely brought up a big question on how doctors explain things to patients and how um you know uh how we should be able to access a lot more information on health services and um, with healthcare providers. And where do people turn to when they can't, and where, when they don't understand it from their doctor or they don't understand it from, you know, reading it on the TV or reading it in the news or, um, sorry, seeing it on the TV, reading it in the newspaper and things of that nature, they turn to 
online. They turn yeah. to Googling it. And not every not everything online has factual information. And there is there is a little divide in regards mm-hmm. to um the people's belief of COVID nineteen and wearing face masks. But right. the CDC are all government um government hospitals doctor websites uh, a legitimate doctor websites do have accurate information in regards to COVID-19 mm-hmm. in regards to how COVID-19 affects the body and there are videos in YouTube that describe mm-hmm. how the virus um, attacks the body so right. there are many different ways that you can research to find out information in regards to COVID-19 specifically if you're an individual who has an underlying medical condition medical condition such as um, COPD asthma or any heart diseases or lung um, lung diseases right like there's I'm glad you mentioned that that people bring it up for Facebook and go into all that um, information but there's one thing I want to mention is that there is a big demographic, like I mentioned before, that can't access, not only access computers, they don't, they can't understand computers very well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you are going to your doctor, you don't understand what your doctor's saying, you can't read the brochures, the, or the new, you can't understand the news media art, out articles and whatnot, and then you go online and you're not someone who's computer, computer literate, then you don't know what's going on with yourself. Mm-hmm. So you that's also very it's fake news. Like they say, fake news. Right, fake news bot. quotations. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you, you mentioned that, and we we talked about a lot with um, lung function and COVID, especially with tobacco use last time, or one of the last times I believe. And however, like we didn't mention heart function either. And also, just think about it. I don't remember any news article really talking about the heart. Uh, side of or the cardiovascular side of COVID because everyone really focuses on the lung function and how it affects your lungs, but it does very much affect your heart. And there's also many other long-term effects of COVID that are still not mentioned in news media and on Facebook and so on and so forth. And like you mentioned with the whole hoax about face masks, um, I remember I've mentioned this before. There was like a whole big thing about people not wearing face masks because of the, like you going in and breathing in and out your bacteria. Oh, carbon monoxide. Yeah. Monoxide. All your like, Oh, carbon monoxide, like all this poisoning. But you know, as we've stated in a scientific way, you know, the bacteria in your mouth can't kill you if it comes in from your mask and you know, you're still, kind of breathing that in if it could kill you you'd be dead <laughs> already so again that's like another thing again like you mentioned about facebook and a lot of social media is like that was a big hoax mm-hmm. um and but people are more likely to access facebook and other social media yes. platforms for their information which kind of makes it less which makes them i, I would say more prone to researching more on Facebook where it's easier access and also just easier to understand because they're going to use words that you can understand. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone who's getting all your information from Facebook, I think a lot of it is that you are prone to do it because it's easier to understand than from um, 
a medical doctor who was using medical terms and language that they took seven years in school to learn. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's important. Like, you know, it's not, not saying it's understandable why people would come to a platform where they could easy, easily access it and understand it. But in terms, it leads to a lot of misinformation. Misinformation. Yes. And when you see misinformation, um, you believe it's true. So you don't use the correct judgment in regards right. to, you know, what's happening now. Like, for instance, COVID-19 is it's affecting almost six, six million, around six million people in the United States alone. Yeah, But not alone. all of them, not all of them are uh, have died you know there's a majority of individuals who have died due to either underlying conditions or other health um, conditions that COVID um, has done to their body and if you understand what COVID does to the body then you understand why um, these individuals have passed away and that's mm-hmm. something that we really need to take seriously in regards to like wearing masks and social distancing and staying six feet apart if you're outside, things of that nature. Because just to be able to understand certain words or um, intake certain information, you know, some people mm-hmm. um, are visual learners. Some people um, can learn demonstration so there's there's things out there that they can still utilize to have factual information to learn right in regards to COVID-19 even though people have their right to their opinion people have the right of course to their right this their body um but it's good to be on the safe side in regards to COVID-19 because of the rates that are happening of, mm-hmm. of death in the United States right and yeah, you met, you mentioned like you are absolutely, you have every right to your body, your opinion on what, you know, what you think is best for you. Cause ultimately it comes down to your decision, but you should always, you know, be well educated with, um, sufficient, uh, resources and factual evidence. So you could help yourself just be educated for yourself and so on and so forth. And I like how you mentioned, um, you know, not everyone is dying from COVID because I feel like that was such a big fear in the beginning of all this, when all the media outlet, uh, outlets were, all the news articles and were just saying everyone who's dying, but they necessarily weren't giving out the full information about like who was testing positive and the flip side. Um, like we mentioned, not everyone dies from COVID. A lot of people do have some milder cases compared to others that doesn't necessarily mean that what you have or uh, you can't get it you could still very much get it from any type of interaction um, spit uh, any type of cough sneeze singing talking that is easily how it's transmitted and is still airborne so you could easily get it just as much as the next person but just depending on your immune system your age um, any type of pre-existing condition that you might have, that's how it affects um, COVID and your into your body. So again, that's another thing we should mention. And that also wasn't, um, a lot of people weren't putting out that information that COVID is different for every individual person. Everyone, yes. Which mm-hmm. now we have a lot of more evidence uh, for that to back that claim. Um, but again, you have to be able to, educate yourself on your own 
um, with a lot of the stuff. Unfortunately, for a lot of health literacy, you can't do that because there is a big population uh, in the United States that you know can't read and write, which yes. is a big thing. So they do um, they do go into list being able to listen to their doctors, and that's really their only form of edu medical education. So mm -hmm. a lot of it you have to obviously again a doctor is going to talk to a patient like with all these terms that they learned in seven years but i don't think they personally realize that not everyone knows like terms about copd or you know um any type of the lung function about the air sacs the al alveoli like no one really CBC, knows these yeah. words yeah like words. cdc yeah. so it is important if you are someone in this position to be able to talk to your doctor um and say listen i don't understand that i need you to break it down to more basic information for me um, and so on and so forth. And, you know, try and get as much information in your own accessibility. Like if you can't read, you should try and um, hopefully they'll get more resources that you could just hear it like an audio type of thing and whatnot, or, you know, someone who is computer illiterate, um, there should be more access to more reading brochures, that basic knowledge of it, not all the medical terms. So there's so many things in health literacy, that, like I mentioned before, like it's so important. And, you know, COVID really brought out um, the importance of it mm -hmm. because of all this misinformation. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's and really interesting. It is, it is interesting too, because, um, we need to be able to understand what um, individuals in the medical field are telling us in a term that we can understand, you know, mm -hmm. that individuals who are not doctors can understand in basic terminology. And they have doctors out there that do do that, um, but not all, of, not all are quite the same. Um, right. And you can always ask them, you can always ask your, your physician, like, can you explain it to me in a way that I can understand, um, in a way that I could, you know, tell my family type of, of say, setting and way. And I wanted to mention, you did say, um, the immune system, how we talked about how they talked, how they don't talk about that everybody's immune system is different, you know, mm -hmm. that yeah. COVID-19 individuals differently because everybody's immune system is different that's why right. we see these um we see um uh, individuals at a younger age um dying or are catching covid in a severe manner because they have they might have a weakened immune system they might mm -hmm. have an underlying medical health condition so individuals who have underlying um health issues can have a weaker immune system, not necessarily individuals who are just HIV positive. So when an individual um, contracts COVID-19, it is harder for them to fight off COVID-19 than you know the common flu right. or things of that nature because of how aggressive it is. Mm -hmm. And if you if you research and you look at certain videos, and we're going to be sharing a video um, with this um, podcast um, mm -hmm. in in a way that individuals can understand um, how COVID affects the body, that the way it um, multiplies in your system to attack your system. So we're gonna be sharing that information so you guys can get to a better understanding of how COVID affects the body and 
how individuals um, in different, how individuals getting affected in different stages, you know, such right. as just re getting the common cold, getting, um, not the common cold, getting a cough or uh, a slight fever to more severities where they, um, their chest is, is pounding or they can't breathe type of situation. So we're going to be sharing that with you guys too, because it's new to us. It's, it's new to us. Right. It's new to you. It's new to us. Um, COVID is something that is very new um, to everyone. So all the right. information that we're getting, we're getting it as it comes. As it right. Comes. And I, I like to mention that as well, that, um, COVID-19, like Yamina said, is very new. And from the research that we found, it is very different from all the other coronaviruses. That is pro that is why there's so much, I believe, misinformation and a lot of people, you know, coming out with how they expected COVID to really take over. I think like, in, especially with February, March, they described, you know, how they think it's going to play out in the United States um, and how it was affecting the body like other coronaviruses. And unfortunately for us, that uh, did not happen. It was actually much different than the coronaviruses because it goes into your heart and into your lungs a lot sooner and more vigorously. They have tracked that down. Um, so again, like you I mean, you said it's all new information for us. Every new piece of thing that the CDC puts out, you know, it's never been said before yet. Like it's just confirmed because again, from what I mentioned in the last one, COVID-19, the 19 is from 20, stands for 2019. That was only last year. So when this was discovered and founded, or like when someone discovered this virus, it was 2019 and it wasn't even a full year. Um, I think it was only a couple months till it hit everyone. Mm -hmm. So again, that's why there's such little information about it, but everyone wants to talk about it because it's taking over, well, not necessarily taking over in a sense, but like, you know, like it's prominent in every single country mm -hmm. and it's so new and like, and it's so different from all the other coronaviruses. So that's why, you know, when you hear new information, you always kind of have to go to the CDC or some sort because again, like a lot of misinformation with it because of it, how new it is, because it's different than all the others. So here's some misinformation. So um, let's talk of like, we're having a conversation about COVID and I'm a person who um, saying COVID has been out, the government knew COVID has been out for years and their perception is yet yeah, uh, COVID has been out for years because of, of, SARS-CoV um, or like other COVID viruses, but they they don't understand that the difference between SARS-CoV-2 is different than the other um, viruses Correct. that are out. Yes. That's absolutely, you're absolutely right. That's a big misinformation. I think another one, which I've noticed. What, what would you tell me though? What would you tell me? If I was being, no, that, sorry, it's, COVID-19 has been out for years. It's not, it's, it just doesn't come out. So I think basically the true statement of that is that coronavirus has always been around. Wow. There have been many stra strains of it, but like I mentioned before, COVID-19 is a strand from SARS-CoV-2 
which was discovered in 2019. So no, it hasn't been around for years because it was only discovered in 2019. Yeah. And that that's how we got to explain it to people because right. a lot of individuals don't understand that it's a new, even though it's a, it's like in a, a lineage of coronaviruses, this particular virus is new. Right. And I've also heard, this is like another misinformation that everything's going to end in November. Which I'm like, but that's a more of a politically charged one. Um, and unfortunately, science science is not politically charged, you know? So when I hear a lot of, of both sides saying that everything's going to end in November, um, it's just not true because that is not, it doesn't abruptly end a virus like this, especially since, you know, we really won't get to be able to kind of live as, uh, as close to the last normal thing we had until we get a vi with a, a vaccine. Um, and that's not going to come out in November. Uh, yeah. So like a lot of that is, you know, science does not care about politics. And, and it's not going to go away on its own. It's not going to go away on its own. There's a lot of viruses that are still prevalent to this day. It's just they're prevalent in different parts of the country. They're um, different parts of the world. And mm -hmm. they're as minimal as possible, but some are still out there. Unlike polio, because of polio, right. we've had a vaccine and individuals took the vaccine that we were able to um, stop the rise a long time ago of polio. So we just have to right. do our right, our right information research, um, make sure that we and give the right information too for the vaccines that are coming out. They're not just going to put a vaccine out that soon because they have to do no. in-depth in research and, and um, regulations in regards to the vaccine itself. So before they, they, they put it out to the population, it has to be um, a percentage of where it is safe for individuals. I think the percentage is around like 92, 92%. Uh, I've I, I watched a lot of Dr. Fauci. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think I think you're right with that. That's just nuts. Wow. Yeah. But uh, I I just in, I find it interesting with a lot of the misinformation about this. Um, and you know, I I'm just reading something. Um, the coronavirus killed at least 121 people under 21 years of age across the United States between February 12th and July 31st, which is a fairly good statistic for young individuals yeah. however 121 that does not necessarily mean it is you know that's still 121 uh individuals passed away right. under the age of 21 so that kind yeah. of goes into like your whole thing when people are saying oh kids can't get it um but we kind of notice now that with schools opening up there has been a slight spike in covid cases with a lot of not only colleges but a lot of high schools and so on. So, you know, it's, it, it's still very prevalent. Like you mentioned with the vaccine, nothing's gonna, like, it, it takes such a long time with the vaccine because they kind of have to perfect it and make sure that everyone is safe on it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, a lot of people are, are expecting it a lot sooner than it will be. Um, yeah. And unfortunately that it looks like it, that's not gonna happen. It, they have been having good remarks with it. Yeah. Like they've been, tremendous right i think there was a uk uh case that they're doing and it's supposedly going really well 
-hmm. So hopefully that works out. Um, but you know, we just have to really sit and wear our masks and still stay socially distanced um, for on. And I think um, it's important to understand the cases that are still going up uh, mm-hmm. and still declining for a lot of people because I just don't think it's fully sticking in a lot of people's heads, uh, the severity yeah. of COVID. Yeah. And you want to um, talk about the long-term effects too, because now they're talking about um, how individuals who have had COVID, or they didn't have like a severity, a deep severity of COVID, or have had to, you know, um, be seen right. at the hospital, how it, COVID can give a lasting effects in different um, parts of your body. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go into that. So there are a lot of, you know, when you recover, and I'm putting in quotation marks from COVID, um, there has been seen like, oh, you recovered, you're good to go, which is never necessarily the case. Um, like you mentioned, there's still a lot of lasting effects on it um, from p- people who I know personally and from professionally of what I've heard about um, individuals. They have still opened up about their experiences and they have said there's still a lot of long-term effects, even if they caught it in March, they're still experiencing a lot of these effects. So I'm gonna start with um, the heart so there was a recent study from, I believe, University of Frankfurt in Germany, and they said a lot of the abnormal heart findings in more than 75% of the people that were studied um, who recently recovered from COVID-19. And that's, it's a considerable majority of them had inflammation in the heart and the muscle lining just from experiencing COVID-19. And that this is recovered patients. This isn't people still going through it even though a lot more needs to be studied with that, but it still has a lot of inflammation from what doctors have said recently coming out. That's a big number. That, that is a big number. It's a big, it's a big it number. Is, it's mm-hmm. a big, it's a, a huge number. Um, and people don't talk about that. Like we mentioned before, um, the strains of the heart, because it is a virus that does start from, you know, uh, nasal, your mouth, goes into your throat, down to your heart and your lungs. And people kind of gloss over the heart and that's one of your most important muscles. We've mentioned that one of your most important organs. Um, And the damage that COVID does is kind of underlooked, but it's still a lot of damage. You still have an inflamed heart and inflamed cardiovascular um, system. Um, So another thing I wanna mention is the lungs again, like the most common one, it does cause a lot of inflammation. Um, It leaves, uh, recovered patients with a shortness of breath. A lot of them do experience a lot of shortness of breath, uh, after they recovered and it doesn't fully go away. They said for months, you're still kind of trying to learn how to breathe properly again. Um, which is unfortunate. And a lot of them experience a dry cough or pain when they breathe after their illness. So a lot of them have been placed under ventilators for other uh, symptoms that were developed because of COVID. Um, but definitely, this is definitely something you should be able to talk to your doctor about, because again, this is a very long-term effect, even though people say, oh, that is just an effect of it. You should be able to talk to your doctor about it because this should not be happening. This is not like just a permanent thing, like shortness of breath, your lungs are a very important function for you. Um, and they need to be able to work properly. So this is definitely something we should mention and talk about. Um, but it is a long-term effect of COVID, even if you recover. I have to emphasize, even you're recovering, these are not patients who still have COVID. These are after 
after the math, after math, after you've recovered, after you've taken, um, your body has fight off the, uh, the virus. Another one uh, of effects that we could talk about is the brain and any type of neurological uh, issue. So some people have reported a lot of symptoms of dizziness, headaches, uh, any type of trouble concentrating and any type of memory or recalling things and even having hallucinations after recovering. Um, so this is indicated that this is probably the most common with people who had severe forms of it. So um, stroke is also an ongoing concern with this, but people who have recovered, because um, COVID-19, as we know, has been able to uh, cause a stroke, but as the inflammation increases in the body, so does the chance of a stroke causing blood clot. And that's, um, we don't understand, I don't think that any type of scientist or doctor has fully uh, came out why they, um, blood clotting is very common with, COVID-19 infection, um, but it's just known, uh, inflammation is known as a risk factor for damaging the heart um, and just other recoveries, and also your heartbeat irregular, irregularities, like your, you have irregular heartbeat as well. So this is also just another long-term effect, um, and unfortunately- What is the state to, and I know they're gonna see the video, but I'm pretty sure he mentioned that the reason why um, there's inflammation of the heart, inflammation of, of the lungs, and inflammation um, um, of the body is due to your body fighting, or trying to fight right. off the virus um, because it's, it's attacking your system. Your body is trying to fight it. And because they're uh, fighting each other, there might be inflammation in regards to you know your lungs, your heart, or even elsewhere in your body. Um, that's why individuals get fevers, um, individuals... Um, get body shakes and and sweats and things of that nature so that's something that that you should be aware of so but we're definitely going to share that video for you guys to um get a little better understanding of how it affects the body but all right is, is it's crazy yeah it is <laughs> but you know I, I did find it interesting even though the inflammation like he mm -hmm. does do a good ex explanation on the inflammation but um it's interesting the blood clots though from yes, i yes. from what i've seen again professionally personally there have been clients and you know from what i've read about that there are a lot of clients or patients who have recovered from covid-19 who have gotten blood clots and there's really no they have there isn't evidence for that particular one which is interesting because but again also not many people are talking about it yeah. so that is also something to be and again the video that we will be sharing is very informative. I believe it's only really four minutes long, but it's it's definitely a good start to educating yourself on the effects of COVID on the body, because I think most people preach about how it's transmitted. Um, you know, you'll get sick, but the no safety. one actually talks about how it does to the body. Yeah, they talk about safety measures. You know, they talk about like the virus itself, which it should be going more in depth, but this definitely, this definitely helps out with, with explanation on, on the body. So right. it's really good. Right. No, I, I agree with that. So, yeah, so this is, it's very interesting because like I mentioned before with health literacy and COVID, um, there's so much misinformation. There's so much, um, a lot that people can truly obtain, um, for them to learn about COVID. And I think it's important to have 
you know, a type of outlet or, you know, type of resource that does have a backing of evidence-based claims, but also uh, in ways that pe individual people can understand it. Because not everyone is in public health like you meet an IR. Like there's not everyone um, who is a doctor. So you, you have to be really aware. If you are someone who does know the information and um, is, you know, has like a, um, in the health field, you know, there should always be, you should always try to have an outlet for people who oh. don't understand that. what you research and what you work for. Because I think that's one of the big, that's the big, um, a, what is it? I'm trying to think of the word, uh, uh, divide, the big divide. I don't know why mm -hmm. I couldn't think of divide, yeah. but, um, yeah. a big divide in that is that people just assume you kind of know all your information. Mm -hmm. They understand mm -hmm. terms when in reality people had different walks of life that they didn't study what you studied for years to come or what you've grown up with. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to understand language and um, for especially for doctors or any type of healthcare provider to understand the person that you're talking to, the individual itself, because they, you have to understand their language mm -hmm. as well. And the big barrier is also, you know, I, as I said, language language in general like people spanish speakers in the united states will go to doctors who only speak english and um you know they don't fully understand what they're going through so that's another big barrier um for or people. there might not be enough spanish-speaking doctors or right or um mandarin speaking doctors or russian speaking right. doctors that are, are being able to translate medical information medical right. terminology in a different language so yeah that's that's something so we definitely need a um a, a line of doctors providing um mm -hmm. basic um level information to the community of all um cultures so they can get a better understanding yeah. right yeah and it's just it's just these these are very important aspects because i just people don't realize it because um, they'll understand it, but not everyone does. Yeah. That's yeah. important, and especially with the misinformation of COVID um, and specifically with the misinformation of COVID, I should say, because of how prevalent it is right now. Yeah. But yeah, so well, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, be sure to check out all of our social media platforms. We have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we also have a YouTube channel where we do post uh, videos on sexual health topics. Uh, we still have this web, uh, this uh, podcast, and we also conduct webinars every week. Um, uh, we have a tobacco cessation one every week on Tuesdays. Uh, there's one session at two and one session at six. Um, we also have a sexual health webinar uh, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. as well. So if you want to be able to check out more information from us, um, be sure to check out our social medias for any more of our updates and so on and so forth. And again, we also are still doing remote testing. Um, and if you want any type of resource for any type of sexual health, mental health, um, food pantries, insurance, uh, any type of su or substance use recovery, support, um, yeah. you could always uh, reach out to us. We do have our links um, attached to our podcast. So thank you all so much for joining thank us today. And then we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>